Dr. Saqib here with the Swift Podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? So welcome back to the Swift Podcast. It's been a while to get things going. As you guys know, I've transitioned into some business practices, but I'm excited to bring some episodes this year. Uh, my very first guest is a more of an online friend of mine. I've been watching his work for the last couple of years. Um, Dr. Matt has been an abundance of knowledge to the community and turning of what is real and what is not. And that's what Swift Podcast is about. He's a physical therapist out in Long Island, cash-based practice and a wealth of knowledge. So I'm bringing him on today to share a lot of insight with you guys, um, as well as a hot topic and getting some requests about. So Matt, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's nice to meet face to face. Absolutely. So how's everything going? How's, how's, how's life? How's the baby? Good, good, man. Life uh, came at me fast, man. We, we moved to our, our new house recently. You know, my son's 17 months old now. Nice. So a lot of new, a lot of new stuff on top of, you know, running the business. So it's uh, all good things though. No complaints here. Man, I got to give you credit, man. I'm, I'm single, no kids, running a business beyond <laughs> stressful, and you're doing it with a kid and a wife. Like, good for you, man. How's, how's the balance? Yeah. How's that going? That's, that's the toughest part, at least in the beginning of the business, because you can work all day and, and do something. There's always something to do. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's so important to leave the office, you know, shut off and, and have that family time. So that's something that I, I, I need to be proactive with myself every single day and, and make sure I'm doing. Um, but it, also, it helps my, my wife's uh, super supportive. She's a physical therapist also, actually. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So uh, she we have opposite schedules. So <laughs> somebody's always with our son. So it, it works out well, but it's uh, definitely it's a team effort. Nice. So we're going to hit the ground running. The first topic I want to kind of discuss is your journey. So let's talk about your journey, um, where you are, where you work for your business, how everything got and like what brought you into physical therapy? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in and out of physical therapy myself over the years. I, I played baseball my whole life. Uh, I played baseball at uh, Adelphi University uh, in college. So, you know, I've, I've had, you know, shoulder injuries, back injuries, whatever it might be. So I've just kind of being a patient myself and, and watching that environment, watching the PT act with, you know, interact with his patients. Um, it was definitely something that I, I thought I wanted to do, but you know, initially I wasn't the best student in, in high school and you know, going into college. So I was a little bit lazy. Um, so I didn't make the transition right away. I was actually a uh, business finance major. Um, and I didn't, I didn't switch to exercise science until the end of my sophomore year. And and that's when I really buckled down and, and started getting super serious with, with school. Um, but that's kind of what like led me into that direction. Um, and just like I've always been, you know, super like, an advocate for like this fitness and, and working out. You know, I started working out in you know, ninth grade. Um, it's just something I love to do. So I felt PT was the perfect way to kind of mesh the worlds uh, and, and of baseball, fitness and, and helping people. Nice. Awesome. And currently you work in Long Island for Trident Physical Therapy. That's your company, correct? <clears throat> yes. You know, so my, uh, I started about two years ago now. So um, initially I was working for a bigger outpatient uh, company for, for almost 10 years um, as, an, as an aide, then a strength coach, and, and then a PT for two years. Um, and then I transitioned and, and started my own business about, about two years ago. Okay. And just like me, you're cash-based, correct? Yep. So yeah, out of network, cash based. Um, 
you know, it's just, I feel, and we can kind of go out more in depth, but it just allows me to provide the, the quality of care um, for my patients that I, I want to give. So um, that this was the best route for me. Yeah. So I'm going to touch base on that topic. Cause that's, so this is my, my first year into it. Um, and recently just got into a new location and I decided to go cash space, right? I think you and I talked about it a little bit and yeah. definitely had a lot of strikeouts versus that, but um, I was with a, a bigger company for, for two years of my time. And, you know, I, I think at one point you put a post out and it was like, you were treating multiple patients an hour and you were just kind of tired of it. And I was at that same point where my 12 hour days, I was required to see 25, 27 people. And I was just like, I'm exhausted, man. I was yeah. physically, emotionally, mentally drained. Um, and I went the cash-based route for the quality of care. Um, and one of the biggest things that I think that I just hit me recently was I'm working a lot more than I have in my life right now, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like work because we get to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, yeah. Right. Like there's more fun to it and more. Stuff. So what made you really go that route of cash base? What was your true calling to do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I still remember like one day that when I was working for that company, you know, it was, I'm just six months into being a PT. So I was, you know, fresh at a, at a college and, and um, you know, I was seeing, it was like over 30, 35 patients uh, in a seven hour shift. Um, so, right. I mean, you can imagine, you can imagine that I would get <coughs> maybe five minutes with a patient you know, wash my hands, go to the next person. So it was just, there wasn't too much time to do the things I wanted to do. Um, you know, and you're, and you're hoping that, you know, the part-time aid or whoever is working with the patients when they're doing the exercises, you know, it cares enough to watch their form, make sure they're doing it properly. Um, and, you know, I just, I still remember that day finishing up and, and just being exhausted and still having, you know, three, four hours of notes to do since I, you know, I had the 30 plus patients Um, and and just thinking like, this isn't sustainable. You know, I don't, I don't think I can do this for the long haul and, and to be only, you know, six months out of, you know, school and and already thinking that I'm like, this just, it shouldn't be the case. Um, so I kind of, that's, that kind of gave me the thought process. Like, all right, I'm going to eventually do that. Um, and then, yeah, after a year, year and a half, two years, I, I started to make that transition. Yeah, that's right. Kind of, I think we have the same story, just different timelines in a sense. And two years yeah. after, um, and I'm going to try to use this podcast to kind of educate people on cash-based practice to help your practice as well as mine. But a lot of times we do it because insurances are, are a pain in the neck, um, mm-hmm. a lot to deal with in terms of outpatient versus like in, pre- in network and out of network and so forth. Um, but the mentors I've been talking to and, and stuff of that nature, it's like, we, we try to provide premium line work, right? We're not mm-hmm. half-assing our programming. We're taking our time. And if you see Matt's content, you can see the level of work he's done. Um, and it's just, that's the beauty of it is that we get that autonomy to treat too, in a sense. Right. Um, yeah. Lately, some of my sessions have been going over the hour and it's like, you know, there's no clear cut line that every patient has to be in and out an hour. I've been using more time because we have that. And that's mm-hmm. The autonomy to to have it um, and being in that that cash based practice. So if you haven't seen that, um, plus I'm also not rushed because another patient's waiting in the door or just staring at you or or you yeah. or coming in. Um, so has being out of the clinic and being on your own changed your thought process of evaluation, treatments, and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you said, it's it's nice to have time to you know. I think when you're when you're seeing thirty plus patients, like you gotta focus on one area and you hope you find what you're looking for real quick. But I mean, as you know, like if somebody has, let's say a hip issue, you know, maybe it's stemming from the ankle and, and it's just, it's kind of transferring up the kinetic chain. 
Um, so I find having more time with patients, it allows me to not only look at the ankle, like I look at the knee, look at the hip, um, as well as a bunch of things, you know, on top of that, and still have plenty of time for, you know, manual therapy, for exercises on top of that evaluation or whatever it might be. So it's, you know, having that extra time has been a, definitely a game changer to, you know, go more in depth. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you the time to like dive deeper into the issues and dive deeper what's happening. Um, especially with the pandemic, I've been seeing a lot of different things where people are like, oh, I have back pain. And well, it's really not stemming from that. It's other issues, but this is where I feel like I'm enjoying it more to kind of learn that. Um, and I know for, for my viewers, there's a lot of young physical therapists out there, especially new grads and a lot of these bigger clinics, that's their target is new grads. So before we transition to our main topic, what advice would you give a new grad when they're looking for a place to work for? And mm-hmm. how are you going to decipher what route to take, right? Like for me right now, currently, I can't hire anybody, right? I'm just growing. I don't know if yeah. you're at the point of hiring out, but it is hard for people to kind of work for guys like us because we're still developing and our patient loads. And like, I've had patients come in and in three visits they're discharged because they're doing better that quickly. It's like, that's yeah. our job, right? So it's like, what <laughs> advice would you give these guys when they're looking for work? Um, I mean, first and foremost, I think you got to stay true to your core values and, and what you believe in. You know, um, I feel like it's, it's very easily for, you know, the higher ups to maybe get intimidate, intimidate these newer, you know, uh, PTs coming in and, and see these high numbers or do things they don't necessarily believe in or, or that maybe aren't ethically correct, you know. So I think it's staying true to your, your beliefs, you know, do what's in the best interest of your patient. You know, that's, that's always the, you know, first and foremost, what we're doing, you know, the patient's the main, um, the main thing we're, you know, focusing on here. So if you feel like you're not providing the best quality of care, you need to ask yourself, why is that? Um, and what can I do to, to be better? Um, so I think that's, you know, that, that's huge going into to anything. Absolutely. And it's also realizing why we got into PT to begin with and why we picked that career path, right? Like, why are we doing this? And I know for myself, there was plenty of times where I was talking to friends and I'm like, dude, I just spent a 12 hour day, saw this many patients, but I feel like I've just shortchanged half of them because I was so rushed to do my work or get things done, get notes done. So I don't take work home, spend time Mm -hmm. with family. Um, So it is a big point. And I had someone reach out to me yesterday about just working in a, in a patient clinic that was very significant, but also kind of realizing that there's other factors aside from patient care. You have to worry about your mental health and burnout. PT burnout is yeah. huge. One of the yeah. biggest things that people address for us and like avoiding burnout. And I think that's where I was at as I was making my transition, I was burnt. Like I was mm-hmm. gone two years into it and I was starting to lose like a little sense of the joy of doing why I'll do it. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is where I reevaluate and I'm at the door in a sense. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you felt the same way when you were in that transition, but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was, and it was too soon in the career to be feeling like that. You know, it's just, you know, to bring hours of, with notes home with you and now you can't spend time with your wife. And it's just, you know, it just didn't seem like it was going to, you know, last much longer. And, and before I was a PT, you know, I, I thought that company I was working for was, that was going to be the long-term, you know, long-term move. Yeah. Um, and then when I kind of saw, you know, what goes behind the scenes and, and then, you know, just what's, what it entailed, um, it just wasn't sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it, it makes it hard, right? Cause you want to be loyal to the company you first hired because that's your first job. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you guys hired me. I'm right out of new grad. I want to stick to it and just be forever. But then 
as we start to treat and figure out, like you said, core values um, and really stick to our core values, it's like, oh, shoot, I really don't want to be in this position. I really want to do something else. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me is making that that initial plunge out of it. It was like, I wanted to be loyal to my current patients because I know that mm-hmm. they have the care they had and the guys that hired me, but it's also like, I'm going to burn myself out to the bone if I continue to stick that way. So taking that leap of faith was was the biggest thing, right? Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's scary. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the unknown, especially when you don't know what, yeah, what's going to happen next. So it's, uh, you know, I remember that first jump, it, it's tough. It's hard. Eh? It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a hard experience, but it's also enlightenment. Like this morning, I didn't have to get up at four 30 in the morning to go for everything and get on the road by six to be in the clinic. Right. So saving yeah. commute times and stuff of that nature, but you also find more time for yourself. And I think that's why I applaud you. Like you have a kid, you have a wife, you guys are running practices and it's like, how are you managing that, that work-life balance? Right. And I'm reconfining that because you could literally work all day. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, there's always something between, I mean, between obviously treating patients, but outside of that, I mean, the, the business aspects, but they don't teach us in PT school. So it's, you know, it's the marketing, it's the networking with, you know, local businesses and, and just kind of building all that up on top of the social media. And, and yep. it's, it's, it's a lot goes on. And the last point in terms of cash-based practice, and we'll move on to our topic is what advice would you have for patients and consumers that are looking at a general insurance-based clinic versus a cash-based practice and why they should go? I know you posted about it and I love mm-hmm. what you share and I shared it. So if you can give that advice out to these guys again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that. Like, I mean, they have added network benefits too. So, I mean, and as PTs, we can provide a, a super bill that they can submit to insurances. So, I mean, more times than not, if somebody has a good added network benefits, you know, they'll get fifty to eighty percent of their their bill covered. So, it's to get that much covered, and you get one on one care. Plus, you're probably going to get better faster, you know, because you know, I don't need to see somebody three times a week. You know, my, my patients, I only I see them once a week. And then as they're feeling better, we start to space it out every two weeks or whatever it might be um, so that, you know, they can transition back into whatever activities they were doing, you know, whether it was the gym itself, Orange Theory, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's just check-ins just to make sure that they're staying pain-free. But um, it's just, I think it's a, it's a tough concept because people are so used to the insurance-based model. Um, and I think it's, it's getting a little more popular now. People yeah. are starting to realize it. But it's, uh, you know, when you have that one-on-one care, you can get so much done, you know, in that hour that that would take me, you know, I mean, it's not, not to over-exaggerate, but like two weeks of working with somebody in, in an insurance-based scheme. Yeah. So it's, so it's uh, I think it's just investing in your health and, and realizing that there's other options. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I, I've, I've had that conversation multiple times again, two months into it. I'm like, Oh, this is why we're, why I chose this route for myself. It's because people yeah. do get better faster. Um, the quality of care is there, but also the one thing I truly admire about it is if you really talk to cash-based practice owners, we're really not in competition with each other. And I found that to be the biggest blessing, like reaching out to different guys that have had cash-based practice. And we're all just like helping each other out camaraderie of like, Hey, what do you think about this patient case? So like, that was one of my bigger hesitations initially. I was like, listen, like I'm leaving a, a group of like six or seven therapists I can talk to on a regular basis. And now mm-hmm. it's like, now I'm just hopping on phone calls and, and talking online of like, hey, I'm doing what you're doing, but I have this patient. What do you think? What do you think about that? And it's like, it shows you your network because um, yeah. there's millions of people out in the world to help. 
Mm-hmm. No need to really compete for it. But the biggest thing I saw in, in, in the insurance-based model was it was always an urge for competition with other clinics. And I don't know mm-hmm. if your clinic was like that, but for the clinic I used to work for, it was like, it was like, hey, these guys are our competitors. We have to do things better than them or show them. I was like, why? Like, they're yeah. helping people. We're helping people. But I always like, and then you get kind of get stuck in that mindset. And I'm like, I don't want to work like that. I don't really want to compete with people because I think we all have enough care to give people but different mm-hmm. sites in a sense too and that's why i've always like that's the biggest thing i've been telling people when they come in the doors like listen yes my prices are what they're set and some people can't afford it but it's set for a purpose because i'm giving quality care i'm giving you the time of the day but i'm also taking the extra step of providing you resources that you're not going to get in other places you know yeah no i think it's the, the ability to you know update home exercise programs every single week and yeah. like you know when i was you know, having 30 plus patients, like, you know, I, I forget, you know, you forget to update this person's program or like they go three or four weeks without being updated. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think it's the fault of the PTs or the company. It, it's the insurance companies. That's really, you know, the, the issue. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's true though. You I mean, it's just, you can do more when you have that one-on-one experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched based on insurance companies being an issue and something I posted a couple of days ago for people that might've not seen the post was since 2010, now we're in 2022 and just simple standard care, like United care, the deductible rate for people has gone up by 245%. Insurance companies are maxing out over like $24 billion in profit. And what mm-hmm. you're seeing is your deductibles are going higher and higher and your premiums are changing. And yeah. there's an issue there because people are forced to kind of stay in network to get this care that could be good, that could be okay, might not be the best. And you're avoiding guys like myself and you to, to get better care because you're scared of that that extra price you have to pay. But the amount of money they're making off of you is ridiculously high. So there's ways around that system, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the scary thing. Is like More times than not, when I speak with somebody about their insurance, they don't know the deductible, they don't know their, their copay or whatever it might be. Um, and then you down the road, you end up getting these crazy bills that like just pop up out of nowhere. And you're like, all right, well, why am I paying this? So I think that's also the beauty of uh, a network is there's, there's no surprise, like bill down the road. It's like, it's, it's, you pay what you're paying up front. Um, if you get reimbursed, I mean, you get, you know, at least half maybe paid for if not more. Um, and yeah, you're not going to be surprised down the road with bills that you can't afford. So it's, uh, it's the insurance sometimes it's, it's, it's it gets very confusing for people. Yeah. I think it's just our job to kind of educate and based off of that. Um, with that being said, education is a big part of what we're doing and in, in this thing. And lately I've been getting a lot of requests from my, my fans, my friends about headaches and neck pain and the, the link mm-hmm. between the two. I think I want to make that our biggest topic of discussions as professionals and experts of that. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll go over some just like initial signs and symptoms for people and I'll have you kind of take over it. So people that are experiencing those issues, you know, they'll have some muscle spasm. There could be some numbness and tingling, weakness in the area and headaches kind of going around the whole temporal process and so forth. But I want to talk to you about what in, in your setting and your expertise, you're a couple more years out of the, the clinic than I am. What are you finding as a common route for such a, a significant issue now, especially with COVID, people working from home and all that aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely, I feel like backs and necks have been, you know, through the roof since the, the pandemic started. I mean, I think everything we do is in front of our bodies. So, I mean, everything tends to get tighter in the front, weaker in the back. But, uh, you know, everybody's sitting more. We're on our computers a lot more with both work and, and whatnot. 
So uh, it's funny. I mean, when I when somebody walks into the clinic, the first thing I'm doing before even talking to them is just like I'm analyzing their their posture. Yeah. You know, how are they? How are they walking? Are they? You know, is, is there a kyphotic posture where they're flexed? You know, is, is the head forward? Because that's already kind of given me an, uh, an idea of all right. I mean, is there an upper cross syndrome going on where you know the pecs are tight, the the back muscles are weak, the the neck upper trap is tight, um, and it kind of disengages my my questions like what direction I'm going in from there. Um, but yeah, what, what everybody's doing that that's a major thing. And I think being one-on-one, it allows us to kind of go a little bit more in depth and, and ask the questions like that are going on, like outside of PT. Um, you know, what do they do for a living? Is it a job where they're lifting more or the, where they're sitting more? Um, you know, what hobbies are they doing? You know, what sports are they playing? Cause it's, it's all going to give us ideas of, of how they're moving outside uh, outside of physical therapy, you know, what are the re- repetitive things that they're doing? Um, and that kind of, you know, gauges how we go about the, the evaluation. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that upper cross syndrome, you know, that four posture is always, always something I'm looking at, you know, just to address that first. Absolutely. And when Matt discussed about upper cross and reiterate again, it's tight packs, it's underactive muscles in the back and just your neck itself is far forward. And, the biggest thing I think I kind of touched base on upon like with that, right. The posture, the big part is ergonomics of our computer screens at work, especially for those with desk jobs and so forth and how much that plays a role into your day-to-day activity, right? Like they're coming in for us for an hour, maybe two hour mm-hmm. session, but then they're spending the other 60 plus hours a week in front of a screen mm-hmm. and re-educating on that screen aspects and kind of really deciphering the difference between like true neck pain and neck pain with headaches is obviously with neck pain, you have headaches drive. Um, and some of those suboccipital muscles are a big component of that. Um, so how are you going about like the aspects of ergonomics and, and, and those aspects? Is that a topic that we hit often? Yeah, absolutely. I think every person I talk to, if they're a desk, you know, a desk worker, uh, that's one of the first things I'm asking, you know, how is your, your computer screen is it in line with your your eyes your uh, eyesight or are you looking down a little bit are you looking to the side a little bit because um, that's going to kind of dictate all right what muscles are, are tight and what needs to be addressed um, you know uh, hand placement wise are they in a flex position or extended position with the wrists um, you know are they too high elevated with the hands to the point where they're shrugging their shoulders then they don't even realize it. So, you know, ergonomics is probably one of the most important things to go over because, you know, you can give somebody chin tucks, you can do rows all day, but if they leave and and walk out and go right back to being in this position for six, seven, eight hours, you know, how much can we really counterbalance that? You know, you're not going to be doing rows all day. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely making the movements that we're doing outside of physical therapy as efficient as possible. Absolutely. I agree with that. Right. Like it's just kind of educating that it's just not that one session is going to fix you. It's what you're doing in the outside. And it's our job to kind of educate and reiterate on those aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a, like a go-to reset for your patients that come in with this type of condition? Um, it depends on the person, you know, like, like we said before, I don't think there's any cookie cutter program for, for anybody. Um, but there's, there's certain things I like to look at. So, I mean, I'm always looking at, you know, scapular mobility, uh, I'm looking at those stabilizers, you know, the lower traps, um, you know, make sure the strength is there just to counterbalance the upper traps. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think I, I like a two to one ratio when it comes to pulling versus pushing exercises. Um, and I'll always kind of tell people that just because everything we do, like I said, it's in front of us. So I like to kind of like get a little extra um, you know, for that posterior chain. Mm-hmm. 
So I might add more rows in there versus pressing uh, things like that, just to kind of kind of balance. I love that answer, right? Individualize, and that's one thing that people don't realize, right? So the reason why I kind of bring that question about to people is online between myself, even what you're posting, there's an abundance of tools out there and mm-hmm. general exercises, do this for this, do this for that. And I've had questions where people reach out like, Hey, well, I did this, but then it worked for you. I was like, well, that's the issue, right? If the issue is those are just guides and examples. Yeah. It's really not going to cure your condition. You got to come in, come see things, see how things play out. So we can kind of structure programming towards the individual. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions people have is that these four movements are going to change and treat the same pathologies over and over again. Right. Yeah, I see it like every single day. I'll get a message from somebody, uh, you know, what's the best exercise for and then insert this diagnosis. And like, it's just everybody's looking for that magic pill and there, there is none. You know, it's, 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 I think, I think it's why it's sometimes tough for us to promote physical therapy sometimes because like it does take work to, to resolve the issues. Like I can give somebody the answers, but if they're not going to put the work in, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell them that it, it's, you're not going to see the results you want. So it's, uh, you know, you can't look for that magic pill. You know, sometimes, you know, Google is the, the biggest, uh, the biggest issue because everybody's kind of self-diagnosing themselves. But, um, when it, yeah, when it comes to Instagram and, and even my post too, I'll, I'll tell people that it, it is very generalized and, you know, they're not tailored to any individual in particular, you know, if it helps you great, you know, I'm definitely, that's what I'm looking to do is kind of provide some, some information for people. But if you feel like it's just it's not getting better or it's you're kind of plateauing a little bit, then you know, maybe you do need to reach out and, and get that one-on-one care just to take it to the next level. Absolutely. I think that's the, the biggest key point is I get those same conversations. And often I'm telling people, like, I can't just give you an exercise or give you a program because I might be doing you a disservice by doing that because we really haven't found the root cause. We haven't found the cause of the issue and why it's happening. And, and that's the biggest thing. And the headaches are are such a complexity in a sense, right? There's so much yeah. more going on. Yes, we can give you a generic subocipital release, but there's other components of the actual structure, other muscles involved, um, other aspects of it that we have to kind of decipher and, and lighting. And, and is your office light set up? Is your hydration levels great? All those things that we have to ask those questions um, mm-hmm. and having those constant migraines and repetition matters and so forth there. But um I agree, man. It, it's, it's so interesting because we try to provide free content, give the service out there. It was like, well, this didn't work for me. What do I do then? You know? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, I think it all comes down to, I mean, like you, sometimes you need to invest in yourself. You know, it's just, yeah. I just like, yeah, we only have one body. So it's like to not enjoy the things you want to do um, and just deal with pain just because it's, you know, it's just, yeah, that's the norm where you're getting, you know, I'm old and that's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think those are, those are the right answers. You know, I think it's, you need to do what's in your best interest so that you can enjoy life. It's, it's so funny. Cause I had a conversation as I was starting my business and a friend of mine came out, reached out for help and he was having low back issues, et cetera. Right. And mm-hmm. another friend asked him like, well, you're going to pay that price for me. He goes, yeah, I'm living in freaking pain and he's going to get me better. I'm going to pay the price. And it, it yeah. does like that light bulb moment for me as a, as a clinician kicking like, well, people are going to value your work when you give good work out there. But I agree. It's that investment in yourself of kind of taking the extra step to get away from what the norm would be right. Going into in practice and going an extra about to see someone like myself or you just be like, Hey, mm-hmm. give me some extra attention. Yes. You're going to charge me more, but give me the extra quality so I can get better faster. You know? Um, yeah. And, and it ends up being probably cheaper in the long haul too. 
I mean, you got to figure if you go in the insurance route, let's just say that you're being seen three times a week, you know, the typical plan of care is what, six to eight weeks, you know, that's what 18 visits at least. Yeah. So, you know, in half the time with one-on-one, you know, maybe that gets resolved a lot quicker and you're not, you know, you're not paying more bills down the road. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it looks like sometimes it could be more expensive up front, but it, sometimes it's not necessarily the case. Um, and then when it comes to our topic of neck pain and headaches and so forth, in terms yeah. of your advice for people, what would you recommend people that are constantly having a recurrent issue with this? What would you tell them to do in terms of that? We already talked about ergonomics. We talked posture, anything else mm-hmm. that you would say, general advice, we're not looking to solve their issue, like advice, yeah. do this and we should see less XYZ, you know? Uh, I mean, look at the, the things you're doing on a daily basis. What, what movements bring up that pain? Is it because of movements? And all right, maybe it's more of a musculoskeletal issue. Um, or is it something that like, it's just, there's no, um, there's no cause of it. Like, it's just kind of random. Cause then, you know, maybe you need to go see the, the doctor or go to go more in depth with that. Um, but yeah, look at the movements you're performing on a daily basis. You know, is it because your muscles are tight? You know, are you constantly in a certain position? You know, if you're doing, let's say a Peloton workout, you know, how's your posture with that? Are you, are you, are you here while you're on the bike? Um, so I think it's just, you know, analyzing the movements you perform on a, on a daily basis and, and ask yourself, am, am I doing them as efficiently as I can? Yeah. And I'm going to kind of piggyback off that and kind of touch base with the, the first thing you said is, is analyzing yourself, but like seeking the most appropriate help. And we as clinicians also have to own that saying sometimes people need to be referred out real fast and it yeah. could be the most things. And I know for myself, when someone comes into that, I kind of do like a quick vestib check just to see if I'm missing anything there, concussion mm-hmm. and so forth. And if it's something more relevant, I'm referring out, I'm asking those red flag questions and so forth. So do you have any advice for young clinicians or new grads coming? in with this condition on mm-hmm. hey, do these quick screens and figure out like as a clinician we need to see if they're actually appropriate for pt because some people really aren't some people should be yeah. off, off the get-go yeah and i think it's important to like you don't want to leave pt school thinking that you know everything because that's usually the pt you don't want to go to you know it's just there's so much to learn i'm still learning every single day you know it's just i think if you think you know it all that's when it tends to be an issue where you think all right i can solve everything and you know, that's not always the case in, in things like this, where like if there are red flags and it just doesn't seem like it's a musculoskeletal issue or something that we can resolve in, in physical therapy, you know, maybe they need to be referred out to their, their general practitioner or, you know, orthopedic surgeon, whatever it might be. Um, so I think it's, it comes down to using the whole healthcare team and, and not being a competition Absolutely. where, you know, you're versing somebody else or, you know, I think, I think it's looking at what's the best interest of the patient's health and, and making the right move. Yeah, absolutely. Just defining the patient. If it comes down to patient care and you truly care about the patient, you as a clinician are taking the extra steps. We have a little bit more time to do so and in, in being in an insurance-based model, which is kind of nice because I've definitely yeah. caught some red flags, referred out a few times already. And yeah. yes, it's it's one thing that I think I've tried to remind people about referrals and sending people out is you're the one that made the referral. So they're always going to remember you as the clinician or professional they went to for help. And you said, you're not appropriate. Go here. They can help you better. So it's mm-hmm. always going to come back in your goodwill to kind of help out and so forth. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. It's just kind of understanding that. And if we really care about the people, we're going to get them in the right hands, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think it's going to come down to karma and doing the right thing. You know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, put just put out good in the world and it'll, it'll come back to you. Sure. So. Um, 
as we wrap up our, our episode, I want to try to pick your brain a little bit. So my podcast is essentially about real world people kind of doing what we're doing to give it out there. So we've touched on a lot of topics, your journey of going from insurance based to cash based, the journey of fatherhood, um, journey of being a PT and, and, and so forth, as well as the, the condition of uh, headaches with neck pain and so forth, but I want you to kind of dive deeper and give three pieces of advice to young professionals, meaning mm-hmm. these guys are coming out of grad school, going into PT, or even to myself of three pieces of advice of taking a step of how they can really stay true to their value and their core values. And if they want to go their own practice route, or if they want to go and leave this in company, or how do they kind of stick up for the patient? Um, what mm-hmm. would you recommend them? Uh, good question, man. That's a big one, one for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a really big one. Spot. No warning there. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, I mean, I think you got to look into like what you really want to do with your career and, and who you want to work with, you know, how you want to make a difference um, and, and really go all in. You know, I think everybody's kind of change is it's uh, it's definitely scary. So, you know, it's it's I think people kind of get a little bit paralyzed by the, the fear of, of change and, and going in that direction. So if it's something you're truly passionate about, um, you know, take the leap. You know, you, you can always go back to I mean, we have jobs everywhere in physical therapy. So you, you can always fall back and go somewhere that, you know, back where you were. But, you know, you don't want to go down the road and be like, oh, what if I what if I did start that business or you know, what if I did take that, that chance at that place where I wasn't really sure if I was going to like it or not. Um, so I think it's, you know, don't be scared to make that change. Um, from, you know, from there, I mean, I think it's quality of life, man. I think it's, there's more to, um, you know, you're than just like money. And I, I think don't look into like, just like the money aspect of, you know, if, if that's why you're getting into business, you know, I think, um, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a cliche answer, but we, we are physical therapists. We, we get into it because we enjoy helping people. Um, so I think if you, if you lose that, that reason for, for, like, you know, why you're going to work, you know, I think that's, that's when the, the patient doesn't see the best care possible. Um, so, you know, those are kind of two things I definitely would, uh, you know, focus on and, and just make sure that, and the last one is just uh, family, you know, they have that balance. Um, so, you know, give your all while you're at work, but make sure you're giving your all when you're, you're at home too. Um, and that's something that I, I try to try to do every single day and I'm still working on, I haven't mastered it yet, but, um, uh, hopefully one day I will. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a constant learning curve. Um, I want to touch base on one thing you said in your advice for people that, especially young clinicians, because I think I asked myself that quite frequently before I made the move, starting my own thing was, why am I doing this? When I was going to work, the first thing I asked was like, why am I here? And am I happy doing what I'm doing? And am I giving my best to the people? And yeah. I remember having a conversation with a patient of mine. This was like um, two months before I really kind of hit the ground. I was like, I'm done. She asked me a question. She goes, are you truly happy here? And I was like, damn. So I put out this energy for this patient where yeah. I didn't realize it. And she's like, you don't seem happy here. Why aren't you doing the next thing? And it was like that light bulb moment of reminding myself, like I ask myself every day when I journal, I'm like, hey, I'm writing these questions down. And she hit me with that question. I was like, you know what? She's got a big point. We lose ourselves. And I think it's mm-hmm. good because you mentioned money and the aspect of it for me, it was like, there was a bonus structure in play. There was a lot of things in play where you can make some yeah. livings and stuff, but like, at what cost? For me, the cost was my happiness because I'd mm-hmm. come home exhausted, couldn't spend time with the family. I 
go to work exhausted. And I just kind of put this bad aura out there in the sense of just what was going on. So believe it or not, those are great pieces of advice because I've kind of had to deal with that myself and learn the hard way in a sense of realizing that, yeah, I left after two years, but I think it was definitely the last couple of months were a lot of time where I'm like, dude, I lost my sense in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, patience, patience can feel the vibe you're, you're giving yeah. off. So like, if you're not giving your all, um, they're going to see that, you know, and, and I think it's, it's going to maybe affect how their treatment goes. So yeah. I think it's, you know, just make sure you're, you're bringing the right vibe every single day. You're doing it for the right reasons um, and just keep being the best you can be. Yeah, absolutely, man. And now I think making that move for me was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. I'm currently living on cloud nine, still soaking it in. The stresses yeah. are there. Yeah. I lost hair because of it. You know how it goes, but uh, <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Matt, where can the people find you? Like give me a location, Instagram, all that stuff. Obviously I'll put all that stuff in the links below, but give them word, word of mouth for you. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, my uh, my office, if you're on Long Island, I'm in Lindenhurst. I'm within uh, Generation Fit Gym over there. Um, on Instagram, Dr. Matt Barrel. So dr.matt.barrel. Um, and then, yeah, my, my website's www.tridentphysicaltherapy.com. Awesome. So, hey, guys, um, this was my first episode back. There will be more episodes to come. I'll definitely bring in Matt back on later this year if he's open to it. Um, of course. But Again, I will have all his information in the links below. Great guy to follow, abundance of knowledge out there. And it was just truly a pleasure having you on, Matt. So thank you for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, folks. Until next time, we'll catch you on the Swift Podcast.